This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. This is quite simply a financial dumpster fire. Ah, famous words, right? That is Attorney General and Minister in Charge of ICBC, David Eby, a couple of years ago uh, when he took a look at the finances at ICBC and declared them to be a dumpster fire. Two years later, looks like the fire is still raging in that dumpster, at least what we're looking at from the numbers that came out today. The public insurer has released its 2018-2019 financial report, and that statement shows a total loss of $1.15 billion for the fiscal year that ended March 31st of this year. Now, that's a bit less than the year before, which was $1.32 billion, but that is more than $400 million off of their own forecasts. So what the heck happened here? Let's talk more about this now with the help of Richard Zussman, our Global News online legislative reporter. Hi, Richard. Good morning, Simi. Okay, so what went wrong? That's a big number to go wrong by. Yeah, a lot has gone wrong. But the big number in all of this is how much money ICBC has paid out to lawyers. So clearly there is a battle underway between the provincial government along with ICBC, against the personal injury lawyers of British Columbia. We saw part of that settled in court last week when the injury lawyers got a major victory, when the uh, BC Supreme Court Chief Justice said that it was unconstitutional for the province to put in uh, the restrictions around expert reports. That blew a nearly $500 million hole into the ICBC budget. That's not factored in these documents at all. But what is factored into the documents is the amount that have been paid out to plaintiff firms. And based on the information here in the report, uh, I'm looking through, it's a thick one. (laughs) Uh, 42 personal injury law firms received $1.91 billion in payments. Uh, 1.73 billion in legal settlements, largely to people involved in car crashes. So it is a staggering number. It is a number that keeps growing. The provincial government can't get its head around how to restrict how much lawyers charge. And that's what this expert report thing was all about. Yeah. I think it's clear it is completely out of whack, but the lawyers say, you know, they're using the rules that exist. They are trying to get the best settlements possible. You know, for someone who's involved in a crash who deserves a settlement, I think they can only expect that they will get what is best for them. Right. But it's having a really tremendous impact on the public insurer's bottom line. And you know what, Simi? When companies lose money, where do they go? They go to the taxpayer to get it. So that's likely the province will run out of options at some point, and that will mean rates at ICBC will have to keep going up in order to cover these losses. Right. So as you said, it doesn't factor in that latest decision from BC Supreme Court. But things changed this September, right, where the different rate structure came in. Is that expected to have a big impact? No, zero. It's revenue neutral. So how that was built was that good drivers pay less, bad drivers pay more. Right. But when you put the money into the machine, it all comes out to zero. So that's that was a revenue neutral tra- uh, change to try to make things more fair uh, in terms of uh, those who have more experience get greater discounts. Those who have less experience pay more. 
I'm not sure that's fair for the family in Surrey who has uh, two kids who want to drive and have no experience. So they're getting hit with really, really big right. bills. And, you know, we've been reporting on those changes as well. But that change has nothing to do with the bottom line. What needs to happen here is a huge number of things. The province is trying to reduce the number of crashes. They are trying to reduce the amount of fraud. And they are now trying to reduce the legal payments, which seems to be based on that court decision, the toughest. The bigger changes were the ones that came in April in terms of affecting yeah. the bottom line. That's it could account for six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred million dollars a year in terms of savings on a cap for uh, soft tissue injuries. That's working its way through the courts as well. I think the province is more optimistic they will win that decision rather than the expert reports. Yeah. But you know, if they don't win that, then we start at ground zero and the dumpster fire rages on, likely uh, right up until the next election, which. You know, I think we're shaping up to be a discussion around ICBC. We saw yeah. a performance last week from David Eby uh, attacking the previous government for their, their mishandling of ICBC. I think that's the difference here, Simi. The previous yeah. government mishandled this, led to this problem. There were no real signs there of fixing it. At least this government is trying to fix things, although it's not going well so far. <laughs> no. uh, but they are at least trying you know, we have another angle to the story we're going to do on the news hour tonight, which I think people will be really uh, surprised oh, okay. about as well, about sort of how deep some of these costs are and how challenging it is for the government to rein it all in. I guess my question, too, when I'm looking at all this is these are all kind of external things that they're doing, right, to change ICBC from the outside. What are they doing on the inside, though? Like, what about reining in some of those salaries? What about any kind of layoffs? Also, changing the internal attitude out there, I might go on a little rant about this, Richard, so forgive me for this. <laughs> but when you have a claim, and I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience on this, and I know numerous people, and they won't even return your phone calls, right? Like the, the attitude of the adjusters and how they deal with the public. What is ICBC doing on the inside to fix some of these problems? It's a great question. Some of those will be answered tonight on the news hour. Oh. Uh, but, you know, I think there, Nicholas Jimenez, the CEO, came in and started to shake up the culture. He's been working with David Eby to change that culture. I've had uh, two crash claims in in the last 18 months, and I found the adjusters I dealt with really, really helpful and really, really good. But I think it's probably the nature of when the person came to the corporation, That's how true. long they've been there. I've had only good, positive experiences. Mine was six years ago, so... The, the other, and I think they're trying their best to change the culture. I think Nicholas Jimenez coming in was a big culture shift, and right. I think he's working with the brokers, with the ICBC employees. You know, there's so many questions about ICBC brokers is a whole other side of this. Yeah, and that's true. Whether they should go online or not. The other thing is the real estate that ICBC owns. We're going to have a little bit on that tonight on the news hour as well. But, yeah. you know, the big building they have in North Vancouver is worth a lot of money. Would it ever be worth selling that building, going somewhere smaller potentially? I don't know how all of that economics work, but the public wants answers on tangible things that ICBC, like you said, is also doing internally to cut down on costs in order to ensure that you know the numbers aren't out of control and that it doesn't get passed on to ratepayers. Right. Okay. So it sounds like I'm definitely going to be watching this story tonight on the <laughs> news hour. But before I let you go, Richard, on a completely different topic, because I know that you'll have thoughts on this as well. Uh, what is your least favorite Halloween candy? Uh, I tried an almond joy oh on the those are delightful what is the matter with you <laughs> um i or bounty what's my oh, least i don't like I, bounty. and i really don't like rockets okay i'll go with you on that one 
Uh, but I am a strong, strong supporter of M and M's. I think, I think I, this is where we part ways. Richard. I I take my child's bag and I remove <laughs> all of the M and M's before they can get their hands on it. And I also here's another hot take. I got my mother in law who lives in Bellingham to bring me some American Halloween treats. That's what I sell. That's what and, I give away at my door. Yep. And I compared the Kit Kat from Canada and the United States. Ours the is way Amer- better. Way better, Simmy. Like <laughs> yes. it's not even comparable. <laughs> yes. Like the American one was terrible. Ooh. Like it's basically unedible. Yes, that's true. So I don't buy those ones because I know the Canadian Kit Kat is far superior to the American Kit Kat. I will agree with you on that one. Babe Ruth, Mars, Milky, Milky Way. Way, peppermint yeah. patties. They give little oh, York peppermint patties. The those York are good. peppermint patties, Simmy. Those are delicious. We have a box here in the global office of Halloween <laughs> candy, and I'm going to go eat them before all my colleagues can get back to the office. Well, I thank you. You're going to need it. You've got a lot of work on this ICBC story to do. So thanks for that, Richard. Yeah, thanks. That is our Richard Zussman, our global news online legislative reporter. So watch for his stories tonight on the news hour.